and welcome everybody to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy, and it is the weekend review for April 4th, 2020. And it's WrestleMania Day, part one of two days of WrestleMania. That's coming up tonight, starting at 6 p.m., I think, with the pre-show on FS1, and then the pay-per-view starting at 7 on the WWE Network. Some stuff I'm looking forward to on there include some of the matches I'm really looking forward to on this show are Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. That was that's the one of the best built stories on the card period. It's not going to be a very long match, but still, it's probably one of the best built stories on the card. Also looking forward to Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. John Cena versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt in a Firefly Funhouse match. That has me intrigued now. Uh, Also, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre, and Edge versus Randy Orton. Those are the matches I'm really interested in coming up at Mania on one of the days. Either today or tomorrow. Hopefully those are spread out among the two days. But uh, those are some of the things I'm really, some of the matches I'm really looking forward to on this year's Mania. The most unique Mania of all time. And and the WrestleMania just too big for one night. I'm going to be happy when that marketing's over. But without further ado, let's get this week in review rolling. I'll be covering Raw, SmackDown, and AEW Dynamite. This week, let's start with Monday Night Raw. We get the AJ Undertaker story to start it. And we get the Undertaker with a promo in the ring to start it. And he's talking how AJ's mouth's writing checks it can't cash. And really, there are some truths to what he AJ's saying. You were content being a little fish in a, a big fish in a little pond. And kind of bashes AJ because he came in a little too late. He says he couldn't hang with the legends he's faced. And... Phenomenal one, my ass. And uh, you waited until they were all gone. And Foolish Pride led some bad to, to bad to Foolish Pride led to some bad decisions. And he's crossed the line when he mentioned Michelle. He bashes. He says you're mad because she does the Faith Breaker, which is the same as the Styles Styles Clash, and she got it over. But you'll be paying the price in a boneyard. And remember, that's your idea. And he uses the classic Undertaker uh, biker line. Try me, I'll make you famous. And he wants AJ to bring Gallus and Anderson. I thought this was a very good promo from Undertaker. And it's teasing that maybe we'll get the American Badass at Mania, which I think they will. I just wish they would have done it earlier, like I've mentioned multiple times. I think they should have done that at WrestleMania 34 with Cena, but better late than never. Becky comes out to cut a promo, but it's actually, she just is introducing her Mania match from last year, the triple threat main event for the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships, Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. And I remember this match being good, but not great. The finish was kind of botched, but I I just remember this match coming on after midnight last year, and I was exhausted already, and this didn't help it at all. And 
it really kind of killed the big moment, I thought, of Becky Lynch winning the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships in the first ever women's main event at WrestleMania. I was honestly ready for WrestleMania to be over at that point. But then Becky cuts to Becky afterward. Becky says it's the first time she's watched it back. She says if she loses this title, it will kill her. And she says to Shayna, don't think I don't know you have your demons. And Shayna will finally do the one thing that Ronda wasn't able to do. And for once, you'll be seen as the world-class athlete you are. If you win, if you lose, you'll get put back in Ronda's shadow. And which one of us do you mean when it comes to destroying them if they lose at Mania? And then after that, we get Shayna putting Becky in a Carafuda clutch. I thought this was a very effective segment. And Becky gets thrown into the announce table, whipped against the announce table, and poses with the title. But this was this took place a half hour after Becky cut her promo. Like forty half hour, 45 minutes. It took that long Becky was standing on the ramp, probably not, but it was like she was standing on the ramp for that long watching the match. It was a little weird, but you know what? I thought this was an effective segment building up the heat as we head towards WrestleMania 36. Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch. In all honesty, I think Shayna should dominate most of the match. It should be a dominant win for Shayna to establish her as a monster she is. And next, it's Aleister Black versus a local jobber, Jason Cade. If you didn't know, Aleister Black does have a match at WrestleMania, and it's against Bobby Lashley. And really, it's not been talked about that much. And there's no hype behind it, and it's just pretty much a thrown-together match just to get a match on the WrestleMania card. I'm fine with Aleister Black getting a match, but I'd liked, I would have liked for him to actually get a story heading towards Mania, and we didn't get that. But at the beginning, the local jobber misses, misses the charge and then eats a leg sweep. Black sits down. Black's, Black then catches a kick, gets inseguried. Then he hits a kick on the guy, then Black Mass. It was quick, it was effective, it was what it was supposed to be. But this doesn't get me any more excited for a Bobby Lashley, Aleister Black match at WrestleMania. What it was, what it needed to be, but I, it, there could have been something there to at least build some kind of story heading into the match because there is literally no story behind this match. There's no story, pre-existing story going into this match, and that's why it's probably one of my. It's probably one of the matches that I care about the absolute least. It's there's a couple up there that I really do not care about. We also get the Seth Rollins promo from last week. That was right after that. And then it's KO and Street Profits versus Seth Rollins. And actually, Austin Theory, it was supposed to be Andrade, but Andrade is ruled out of WrestleMania now due to a rib injury. Lena made that announcement pre-match. And really what the end of this match was about was the missed tope con hilo by Montez Ford. And it looked like Rollins was supposed to grab his foot. Rollins did get his foot barely, but Ford just took off and flipped outside of the ring. Theory wasn't there to catch him. He just fell back first on the ramp. It was nasty. 
KO hits a stunner on Garza to get the win, but immediately after, KO gets stomped by Seth Rollins, and I thought it was an alright tag match. KO cuts a promo when we come back, and he KO pretty much says he kicked some sense. Rollins just kicked some sense into him, and he says that Rollins was a nightmare to deal with in Tampa, and nobody could stand you, and that was in that old building for FCW, and you did a great job of living to to what everyone says you are, being an arrogant dipshit. <laughs> I thought that was a fantastic line from KO. And he talks about how skewed Rollins's reality is. And he says, I can claim pretty much the same accolades as you, including being universal champion before you. And the way he got his moments was somebody watching his back, and it's pretty much the same way as Seth Rollins. So... When you got to WWE, nothing really mattered. Not your past or anything. It will not be any truer than on Saturday when we meet. And the only thing that matters is that you and me finally go one-on-one. And he will show... And KO will show him... Well, he will show Rollins that he's not a prophet, a messiah, or a god. I will have my first WrestleMania moment at your expense, and I will be the one to burn it down. And this was a really good KO promo in response to the Seth Rollins promo from last week. And as I said already, these promo segments have been some of the best WWE has done in a long, long, long time. These empty arena promos have been some of their best promos, period. And and that's that's what I've gotten out of this empty arena era if you want to call it that. Then we get another, we get a video recapping Edge's, Edge and Orton's story, and then we get a backstage promo from Edge, and it's, he says, Adam Copeland is a junkie for Edge, and he's like, you're probably right, but it's not about ego. He loves the feeling, the explosion, the connection that he shares with the audience, and we're all junkies for this. And he knew he was a junkie when he saw uh, Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania back in the day in the Toronto Sky Dome, and it says, "If you're not a junkie for this, you're standing in my, my standing in my way." And then the they talk about the two def- different definitions of grit, and Rollins is not Rollins, but Orton is okay with being okay, and but that's a Hall of Fame career since you had your dad uh, kind of behind you. You kind of had a legacy behind you already. And Edge's definition of grit is refusing to be an evolution and not wanting to be someone else's lackey, forging his own path and own Hall of Fame career and fighting every day to get back here after nine years of being gone. You're not jealous of me. You're jealous of my passion. And the only time Orton has it is when I'm around. And this is the best that Orton's ever been. And the last time that he was ever good was nine years ago when he Edge was there. And you're a junkie for the way I make you feel. And the voices told him to make a terrible mistake. And you almost had me feeling that the Royal Rumble was closure. But when you brought family into this, it created a bigger issue. And Edge addresses that. And 
a man will dive face first into a table with thumbtacks on his back because you took taking the torch for granted. That's in reference to his WrestleMania 22 match with Nick uh, with Mick Foley. And this time, I'm not going to pull you back out of the hole you were in. I will push you so far down, you will never, ever get back out. And this promo from Edge was fantastic. And this is probably the match I am most excited for at WrestleMania. After that, we get Asuka and Kairi Sane versus... No, we don't get that. We get, we get told that it's going to be Asuka and Kyrie Sane versus Bliss Cross Applesauce for the Tag Team Championships. That's just a weird name to say. But we get Asuka versus Caden Carter from NXT. And it's pretty much a quick squash match. And uh, Asuka wins with a big kick in the head. And Asuka gets on commentary post-match. You don't understand a word she's saying, but she's just awesome. And it was okay. Nothing, not enough stuff to really build excitement for the tag title match at Wrestlemania and then we get shown uh, a video that was taped earlier in the day that Rhea Ripley got jumped by Charlotte when she arrived at the arena she got kicked into a garage and it says hey rookie see you at Mania and Rhea responds yes you will after that we get a we get the Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio match no holds barred from Survivor Series. And it was a WWE Championship match. Rey Mysterio's son, Dominic, gets involved. And Rey almost wins the title. But Brock throws him around. Dominic around. And then beats Rey with an F5. Def- defending and retaining his WWE Championship. And then we get a complete rundown of the WrestleMania card. Which took an absolute eternity. And I said, this is what I, my notes says. What, I, what my notes say. Uh, boy, this is going to feel long, even though it's two nights. 16 matches now on the card. Boy, it's going to be a long weekend. Hopefully it's fun. Hopefully it's an escape. People need an escape during this time, especially during this pandemic. And then we get Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman in the ring to close the show. And pretty much... Drew has stepped up like no one else. He's special compared to everyone else in the locker room. But he says, know who else is special? The Rock, Randy Couture, Shane Carwin, John Cena, The Undertaker. They're not so goddamn special, just Brock's bitch. And Brock knows the Claymore's coming to him. He's mastered either mastered a way to avoid it or Brock will absorb it and we will find out if Brock can take it. And it's a guarantee on the Go Home segment of the Go Home Raw, you know who will be standing over here, over standing here, over his shoulder. It will still be the WWE Championship in the possession of Brock Lesnar, saying Drew will have gotten beaten fugly by Brock. Brock still walks out special, and Drew walks out just like everyone else. Brock's bitch. And this is a great promo from Heyman. Heyman really, really knows how to adjust his tone and his uh, pace when there's no crowd. And it felt like it felt real, and it was a great promo from Heyman to get us excited for the Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar, WWE Championship match at WrestleMania. And one big takeaway I've got to say, like I said, these empty arena shows have really delivered promo-wise. And this is some of the best promo we've seen from WWE in years. The wrestling... 
was eh. It was nothing really to watch other than the old matches, maybe. But some of some really good build with the promos from Edge, Paul Heyman, and then also Kevin Owens as we head towards WrestleMania today. After that, AEW Dynamite, that was on Wednesday. And Kenny Omega versus Trent with Chuck and Orange Cassidy. And this is a really good match. This was a very good match. And uh, Kenny wins after a failed reverse tombstone attempt by Trent. Hits a V-trigger. One-winged angel gets it done with just under a minute left. Trent was attacking the arm quite a bit during this match. But Kenny was able to overcome. And one time, Kenny looked like he landed horribly on his shoulder. But it was a very good match to start the show. Nice psychology throughout the match. And they exchange a handshake and a fist bump post-match. Very good match to start. Kenny gets the win over Trent. And Trent, he continues to deliver each and every match he's on Dynamite in singles or in tag team action with either uh, Chuck Taylor or Orange Cassidy or a combination of both. Then we get a recap of Matt Hardy and Jericho's exchange from last week before the commercial break. And then when we come back, we get a video highlighting Hikaru Shida. And that's Hikaru Shida versus a debuting Anna Jay. And Shida gets the win after a decent match. Hits a Falcon Arrow to get the win. And she continues her momentum, winning seven of her last eight matches. But the one issue I take from this is there's no storylines. There hasn't been any storyline regarding the women's division, really. As well, the chase for the women's championship for Sheeta. They just showed a highlight video. I, I like the highlight video, but we need to see actual story being built uh, between Sheeta and Nyla Rose. I have no connection to it because there's been no interaction with, like, between the two on these empty arena shows. But I don't know if that's a travel issue or something. So I don't know. I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt here. But, yeah, they still need to get some kind of story created as we head towards this eventual matchup of Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's World Championship. Then we get a video showing Hager getting revenge on Moxley by putting him to sleep last night on Dark. Then we get a video highlighting the Hager and Moxley rivalry. And we find out, actually, later on that we'll get a empty arena no disqualification match here in two weeks and it'll be for the AEW World Championship and uh, Moxley's a one-man wrecking crew and we are getting words from Jericho, Hager, and Guevara and Moxley throughout this and Moxley's the one that actually sought out Hager and knew he was going to seek out knew Moxley knew that Hager was going to seek out Moxley and if Edgar wins the AEW World Championship, it'll teach Moxley a lesson. That's what Jericho says. And there will be how there will have been two world champions in the inner circle. After that, we get the debut of the Murderhawk Monster, Lance Archer versus Marco Stunt. One thing I didn't like about this match was Stunt getting a little too much offense. It was a little too unbelievable. I like Stunt. I like Stunt a lot. But the, the size discrepancy was ridiculous. It was pro- Archer's like almost three times the size of Marco Stunt. 
I felt he got a little bit of too much off, a little bit too much offense in this, but still, it was a fine debut by Archer. He gets a giant choke slam, pull stun up before the three count, and then a Celtic cross with stunt facing his back, flings them forward into a flip for a pin, and gets the win, and then choke slam stunt from the apron post match onto Orange Cassidy, who is actually sitting a ringside with an empty sign. With no with a sign with no words on it, and I liked it how they actually did on this episode. I, I didn't address this, but I liked on this episode how they spread the uh, the superstars around the arena, having that six feet in between each of them. But uh, then we get a Brody Lee vignette in front of a fuzzy TV, and he talks how he's once downtrodden, beaten down. This is pretty much doing what the last uh, what it's pretty much re establishing what he did last week which is he wants perfection he pretty much wants perfection perfection and one of his creepers addresses him by mr lee brody corrects him saying mr brody and then the creeper says yes exalted one then brody gets angry and they keep because he screwed up his name and then a creeper yawns and then he's mad at the guy for yawning in his presence and he says tired being tired equals weakness, and don't you ever yawn in my presence again. He's a tyrannical leader, and it's been drawing comparisons to Vince McMahon, which has been kind of interesting, but he's expecting perfection out of his guys, and he is not getting it. Then we get 8-9, and nine, the Creepers, against the Natural Nightmares. That's QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes with Brandy Rhodes. And this was an alright match. It was meh. And it moves the... New team of Natural Nightmares to 3-0. and And then the Exalted One shows up post-match. Looks that stares down Dustin for a moment. Then power bombs one of the Creepers to make a point. And then we get the fantastic video vignette of Jericho and Vanguard 1. This is funny and fantastic. And if you don't go, don't check anything out else out this week. Make sure to check out this. Check out this. This is just hilarious, funny, and hit all the right points on me for me. Jericho says it's a holiday. Today is April Fool's Day, and he's drinking a little bit of the bubbly. And he's never met a better group of fools than the elite. Throws jabs at everybody. And the group, and then Vanguard 1 shows up watching Jericho and says, Matt, you're still going to have to face the inner circle at Blood and Guts. But then Jericho addresses Vanguard 1, tries to say sorry for what he said last week because he cut a mean promo on Vanguard 1 last week. And uh, Jericho tries to say sorry, but he can't get the word out. And then Jericho wants him to join the inner circle. And he has like a little baby-sized shirt for him and it hang he hangs it up on Vanguard 1 then Vanguard 1 takes off with the shirt then Jericho says release the hounds as Vanguard 1 flies away with the shirt and it is hilarious the dog Jericho's dogs are all running out chasing after Vanguard 1 and Jer- Jericho's actually in like jeans he was literally sitting in the hot tub with jeans I was like oh I was expecting him to come out with trunks but no he's sitting there in there with jeans that was made it even funnier very enjoyable and we're going to get an eventual matchup between Jericho and Matt Hardy. And it's going to be fun, to say the least. 
And then we get an update on the TNT title tournament. And it'll be Cody versus Spears in the quarterfinals of the TNT title tournament next week. And we get another video update on Nick and Matt Jackson. It's actually mainly Nick and they're training to get Matt Nick, I mean, ready for his return to the ring. He doesn't have a return date yet. And he says he ain't ready to come back yet, but doesn't know how he got attacked and how it happened. And then we get the main event of the night, and that's Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears versus Cody and Darby Allen. This is a bit of a preview for the TNT title tournament as uh, Guevara will be taking on Allen in the first round match. Darby Allen coffin drops both Guevara and Spears from a pole. He climbs up a pole and literally just drops onto both Spears and Guevara. And then Guevara throws Darby into the guardrail. Reverse suplex by Cody on Guevara. Spears hits a frog splash. Guevara then comes out, comes in with a chair, gives it to Spears. Darby takes it from him. Guevara then takes it from Allen. Spears rolls Allen up with the tights and gets the win. And then Cody tries to help him post-match. And Darby says, and Darby Allen doesn't want it. And actually punches Cody down and that was interesting is this a darby allen heel turn or is it darby allen just showing frustration but i thought this was a fine win for the heels the heels finally need heels needed to get a win giving them momentum heading into the tnt title tournament and sammy guevara he just continues to deliver week in and week out for me he's fantastic both in the ring on the mic and whatever he does the dude is money and actually, the Moxley versus Hager match is an empty arena, no-holds-barred match for the AEW World Championship in two weeks. But it was a fine episode of Dynamite. Some good wrestling on the show. Right move by having the heels win at the end of the show. Fantastic video vignette from Jericho and Matt Hardy. Well, Vanguard won. That was one of the best things, probably the one of the, if not the best thing I've, I saw Wrestling-wise, this week, Brody Lee continues to be a tyrannical leader. I'm liking the way he's getting himself over in AEW. He's more over probably in AEW than he ever was in WWE in eight years. Some of the wrestling was all right, but the Trent and Kenny Omega match was very good, and that was the best match of the show. But Cody and Darby Allin versus Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears was pretty good also. Not a bad show from AEW. And then SmackDown, the final show before WrestleMania. And it's the three teams for the Triple Threat Tag Team Ladder Match. It's supposed to meet. They're supposed to meet on Miz TV. And this ends up being a brawl. Miz and Morrison end up taking out the Usos and New Day. And they pose with their titles on top of the ladder. But I remember The Miz was supposed to be taken out of this match. I don't know what they're going to do or they're going to do something last minute to take Miz out of this WrestleMania match. I did not like that they stuck with that here because it was literally decided last minute, I think, if I'm correct, that Miz was going to be taken out of this match. But there could have been a way to write him off of that. But maybe they write him off on WrestleMania either to WrestleMania either tonight or tomorrow. After that, we get Flair's retirement match with HBK. I'm okay with that. Don't know how it plays into what was going on, but I'll take it. 
Not bad match. Then we get Tamina versus Naomi versus Lacey Evans. A little bit of a preview of the five-way elimination match we're getting for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania. And then we get Bayley and Sasha joining commentary. And Tamina wins, actually. To everyone's surprise, Tamina wins. And it never happens that Tamina wins. But I thought this was an alright match. Bayley tries to shake hands with Tamina post-match. She eats a super kick. And then Sasha tries to fist bump Tamina to kind of revert back to their team bad days. But then Tamina hits a Samoan drop on her. This is a good thing at least, I think. A good thing for Tamina that they're actually getting behind her, giving her some kind of momentum as she heads towards WrestleMania, making her seem like the biggest threat in the match. She'll probably get eliminated first now that I'm saying that. And then we get another blip saying the truth will be heard, which plays, which comes into play later on. That's when Tucker was getting ready for his match with Dolph Ziggler. Mandy shows up to talk to him before it. And then we get the Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair WrestleMania 24 retirement match. And that was a very good match. And that was when I started watching wrestling again, I think for the second time back in, well, I started watching again around 2007, later 2007. And that was the first WrestleMania I actually bought that on DVD. I watched that WrestleMania and watched that classic match between HBK and Ric Flair. And Michael Cole, after that, we get breaking news for the Goldberg match. And it's now Goldberg versus Strowman with no explanation or no way of writing Roman Reigns out. One thing, one assumption I made was the news had been out there long enough that they just said screw it and just announced Strowman in the match. But for really no rhyme or reason. They gave us no rhyme or reason why Roman Reigns, not Roman Reigns, but Braun Strowman's in the match now. And honestly, I could not give two flying craps about this match at Mania. But Triple H was quoted saying, I will say from our standpoint and the storyline standpoint, it's going to play out in a unique manner and we want it to play out that way. That was not a unique way to do it. That was just, oh, let's just throw it out there, pretty much. And it was pretty dumb way of doing it, in my opinion. You could have at least done something to make Braun Strowman make sense. Like, make sense as an entrant into this match. Well, a replacement into this match for Roman Reigns. But we did get, got no explanation, and literally, Braun Strowman's in the uh, Universal Championship match now. I already knew, but we already kind of knew that since that was the rumor and innuendo. But... I wish they would have at least put some kind of effort out to make Braun seem relevant to this match, but they didn't do anything. And there are two matches on the WrestleMania card with absolutely zero build. This match and the Bobby Lashley versus Aleister Black match. And honestly, I, I'd, I'd almost rather neither Goldberg nor Braun Strowman win. With Strowman's recent comments that he has apologized for, it still doesn't fix things. And then Goldberg, who shouldn't be champion in the first place, it just, I could care less about this match. And honestly, I don't know what's a good way to book this match at all. Because the fans are going to take a crap on it. No matter what, they're going to take a dump on it. They were going to take a dump on it if Roman Reigns was in the match. They were going to take a dump on it 
no matter who replaced him, unless it was somebody that made sense and somebody that was already over. But Braun Strowman is kind of, I think, fallen down the card a little bit and is kind of had enough opportunities at the Universal Championship. He's already been made, he's already looked like a dork multiple times during these Universal Championship matches. And it's a little too, too little too late on that. And plus, I'm not a big, the biggest fan of Braun Strowman at this point in time. But then we get Tucker saying Mandy, well, Tucker says Mandy was just asking about Otis. That's Otis and Tucker talking. And Otis is still distraught. And then Otis gets a message, heads out, distracting him from coming to ringside for Tucker's match. And it's Tucker versus Dolph. And then the DQ, it was an all right match. And, uh, Dolph, he gets DQ'd after zigzagging Tucker onto the steps. Otis sprints out, and Manny and Sonya come out, and Manny tells Dolph to stop. Dolph runs away after Otis comes out, and then there's another glitch saying the truth will be heard. Then a person turns around in the chair with a bunch of electronics and tech behind him, and we get a kind of a muffled voice, and it's a live video showing Manny saying Otis is cute, and Manny leaves her phone. That's before their date. Mandy leaves her phone, then Sonya says Otis, sends a text to Otis saying sorry, and that's why Otis showed up late. And then Sonya then deletes Otis's response and says, you're going to get what I want. You're going to get what you want, and I'm going to get what I want. That's Dolph and Sonya talking. We all win, and they just got absolutely exposed, and Mandy's very, very upset. Dolph tries to run away from Otis. Otis gets a piece of Dolph. And he scurries away. And, and like, after watching this, this is all, in all honesty, one of the best storylines heading into Mania. I already said this before, but I'll say it again. This is one of the best storylines heading into Mania. This has had a nice build to it. And when it's going to feel good when Otis finally gets his hands on Dolph Ziggler. And then we get Mandy backstage with Sonya post-commercial. And Mandy continues to walk away. And Sonya is nearly in tears. Then we get Daniel Bryan with Drew Gulak versus Shinsuke Nakamura with Sami Zayn and Cesaro. This uh, this match was pretty good, pretty dang good. And there was a lot of submission transitions late into the match. Bryan's going for the yes lock. He transitions into an arm bar. Shinsuke counters. Shinsuke gets out of that, rolls into his own arm bar, and then Bryan counters into his own arm bar into a triangle Brian gets the yes lock in, but Cesaro stomps on Brian to force the DQ, and Cesaro and Gulak brawl outside the ring. Cesaro throws Gulak over the barrier, catches a diving Brian, throws him into the announcer's table, and they all take a turn beating on Daniel Bryan after that. They all hit their finishers on her on him, and he gets a neutralizer from Cesaro. He gets a Kinshasa from Shinsuke, and then Sami Zayn picks up the scraps and gets a, a gets a luva kick in on Daniel Bryan, and this should be a good one heading towards Mania, well heading to Mania either today or tomorrow. But this was pretty dang good match and a pretty good angle to further build the match between Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan at Mania. That could honestly steal the show, but this was pretty good, especially the closing stretch with the submission reversals and transitions. And I've I've made a note of this, but this should have been and could have been a pay-per-view match. But the reason why this was thrown together on SmackDown like this is Nakamura has been booked like crap ever since his main roster call-up. 
and that is due to that's due in part to the to way too many bodies on both shows. There is way too many people on the roster and not enough spots. But still, overall, good segment, good match. One of Shinsuke's better matches on the main roster. And it gives Sami Zayn some momentum heading towards WrestleMania. And then it gives Daniel Bryan a reason for revenge. Then we get the final segment before WrestleMania. John Cena answering Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse Match Challenge. And Cena addresses what's going on in the world. And everyone's just wondering what's going to happen. But he says WrestleMania will be the most viewed and talked about in history because no one really knows what's going to happen. And he has no idea what the heck a Firefly Funhouse match, but he covers these things. The Fiend loves uncertainty, and then uncertainty leads to fear. Fear Fear leads to panic, and panic can lead to collapse. And the Fiend is an absolute master of that. And he readdresses the what happens next thing. John says he won't panic. He's not afraid. He will squash Bray Bray Wyatt and finish what he started six years ago. And Bray Wyatt isn't even on the level of below him. And bootleg Mr. Rogers doesn't stand a chance. Goldberg exposed the Fiend, and he will expose him as an embarrassment. And what he addresses Wyatt using every psychological trick to get ahead. And it ain't going to work. And John Cena accepts the challenge at Mania. Ramblin' Rabbit says you will play with us forever. And then Mercy the Buzzard and the scary uh, doll all are in the crowd. And Ramblin' Rabbit says, "Uh uh-oh, he's here. And it's the Fiend showing up on the stage that Elias got knocked off of last week. They stare each other down. And Funhouse Bray comes up from behind and says, let me in. Cena jumps, lights go out, and that's the end of the show. Cena had a fantastic promo to get his hype for this WrestleMania match, even though it's going to be a lot of bells and whistles to it. And I like that Cena teased showing a little bit of fear at the end, and that was a nice little thing there. I thought thought this was a very effective segment, and this is going to be one of the most intriguing matches at WrestleMania, The Fiend versus John Cena in a Firefly Funhouse match. But really, overall, this was a pretty good week of wrestling. I'll have to say that. And when it comes to my rankings, I've got to say, I still enjoyed AEW Dynamite the most. Had some very good wrestling on it and some very good promo segments, vignettes, like the Brody Lee one and the Jericho one. And also the match between Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears taking on Cody Cody and Darby Allin. I thought that was also a pretty good match. But the Trent and Kenny Omega match was the be- by far the best match on TV this week. But yeah, the Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears match against Cody and Darby Allen was also pretty good. AEW is going to stay at number one for this week once again. We'll have to say, I don't know, it's going to be, it's a tight one between Raw and SmackDown. 
but I got to give the edge to SmackDown. Raw had very good promos in it, but SmackDown also had very good promos, plus some very, very good wrestling on it. And SmackDown's going to go get second this week. Raw will get third. The John Cena segment was pretty awesome. The Daniel Bryan-Shinsuke Nakamura match was pretty good. And story building-wise, Dolphin Tucker, Dolphin Otis is one of the best-built matches for WrestleMania. And they continued the build there with the awesome segment of the reveal that Sonya was the one who sent the text. But, but yes, AEW Dynamite, number one this week, number two, SmackDown, and number three, Monday Night Raw. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Weekend Review. I hope you listen in when I drop my WrestleMania review on Monday. I'll be covering both days of WrestleMania all in one episode. It should be fun. It should be the most interesting and and intriguing WrestleMania in history. And make sure to Find that on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app when I drop that episode on Monday. But stay locked in to Twitter. I will have updates and kind of thoughts as WrestleMania takes place this Saturday and Sunday. SigDaddyWrestle is the username at SigDaddyWrestle. But until next time, this is SigDaddy signing off. Thank you for listening, and so long, everybody.